0: And we're back with another episode of Food in the Hood.
1: That's right. Yeah,
0: it it's been a while since you said that, right?
1: <laughs> I know. Uh, it has been almost an entire month, I think. It's been a long while. I,
0: I think it's more than a month since we last recorded. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, life's been pretty busy, I guess, for both of us. But you know, mm-hmm. I think this this episode's gonna be really interesting because we're talking about food complaints (laughs) it's like
0: the only topic that could bring us online again
1: yes a food complaint (laughs) yeah i think everyone at one point of their life has you know had an experience either at a restaurant or you know maybe buying packaged foods where what you get is kind of not what you were expecting or what was advertised well you had that
0: a couple weeks ago or now, yes, a, a I I had ago, such an
1: experience right? about two months ago. And uh-huh. a lot of people know about this because I posted it all over Instagram and told all my coworkers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. It's just like the, yes. the nightmare of the company is to like get one of yeah. the food people...
1: I know like that it's bad publicity enough if you sell a bad product to a regular consumer mm-hmm. but I think it's worse when <laughs> it's a food scientist cuz now they're really going to dig into it.
0: Uh, all right. Um, um I mean, shots fired, Amanda. What was yes. your story?
1: <laughs> so, one fine day, I wanted to make spam for breakfast because, you know, Who doesn't like sodium and meat in the morning, right? Um, I open up a can of Spam, and to my surprise, uh, there was fuzzy black mold all over the top. And I'm not talking about, like, a little patch I'm talking about all the entire visible surface of the meat when you open the container that's completely covered in black mole, oh white God. mold, yellow mole, and yeah, green mole. So literally the whole palette.
0: Yeah, I saw the picture the color, color wheel. wheel. It was pretty gross.
1: It was very gross. Um, and I know I said spam, which is a brand name, but technically what I mean is luncheon meat because this brand is actually not spam, but it is a Korean brand of spam called chef's crown Mm -hmm. Um, interestingly it says product of denmark but it is i believe the parent company is Nongshim, which is a korean brand that sells a lot of instant noodles really exposing Um, you might have heard yeah well you know it is what it it, it is my experience (laughs) so subsequently i um, put in a complaint online on their website sometime in Uh, february sorry
0: backtrack a little so you saw the uh, moldy uh, spam. Uh, you t- obviously, you took a picture. That's how I saw it. And mm-hmm. so and then what, what did you look at the package or like what did you was there anything wrong before you open it? Because it's a canned food. Right. It shouldn't happen. Absolutely. Right?
1: Uh-huh. So it is a canned product. Um, there was no bulging or anything like that. Uh-huh. Um, I couldn't see any. There didn't seem to be any punctured holes in the container before I opened it. It seemed like a really normal can of spam, uh-huh. uh, which is really surprising because usually spam or any con- canned food would go through a thermal treatment step that is so intense that there should be no more growth, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm guessing like either the. Package integrity was compromised in some way, but maybe not at the visible level, or maybe it did not reach the kill temperature. Yeah,
0: that's what I was thinking of. If there's nothing wrong with the package itself, it might just be a malfunction of the processing step.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh... So I actually took photos. Of the lot number of all the you know issues um and i submitted it online onto their parent website i have not heard back it has been two months
0: so there was like a email link that you can just go in or is there like a form online that you can fill
1: yeah yeah so i think similar to most websites uh there's a complainer i mean not complainer consumer complaint section okay where you just essentially write what was wrong with your product. You can upload photos, etc. So I did that. I see. And, you know, I have not heard back. It is a little bit disappointing. Oh, my I God. actually posted <gasps> it on Instagram and I had some sub- I have friends who bought the same brand of spam from the same supermarket yeah. in a very similar time frame. And they told me that they just threw it away because they didn't. Wait, risk wait, wait, wait.
0: But so th- it's not a single occasion. Like others also have seen the moldy spam.
1: I don't know if anyone else has seen it. I just know that my other friends Mm -hmm. who have bought this same product, they told me that after seeing my photo on Instagram, they just decided not to even risk opening it, and they just threw it away.
0: Oh, okay. So that's even a... Okay, you're an influencer now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, not the kind of influencer that I want to be, but Oh my gosh. Okay,
0: I see. Um... So, I, I mean, I guess the message to them in your complaint was pretty simple. It was basically the picture yes. and like, look at it. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Picture, expiration date, lot number, and, you know, very very self-explanatory. Mm-hmm.
0: I see. Wow. Um. So I guess that's, that's something, I mean, it's, it's a great story. You got to follow up with us, like if they ever reach back to you.
1: Absolutely. Uh-huh. Like you guys will be the first to hear. Okay, great.
0: But that just kind of gets us interested in the topic. And it, it just like overall complaints about food and complaints um, about uh, sometimes also food services and the related lawsuits, um, like from originated from like a consumer, not, uh, let's say, um some type of legislation between um the government and the company um let's mm-hmm. say like the um i don't know how how like the well that's different right if a if a government is suing you it's different from a individual absolutely yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And,
1: and that can go in many different ways
0: totally yeah and i was yeah. but let's yeah, go ahead oh go on uh no i was gonna tell something uh kind of funny when uh mm-hmm. so when I was researching this topic and I searched for like food complaints uh some stuff that popped out was like like English and uh in, in here is uh Dutch language tutorials mm-hmm. of teaching you how to make a food complaint at a restaurant. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like what is the polite, like acceptable right. way? Right, it's like it, the cultural, to get the most acceptable way. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, what would you learn from that?
0: Well, it was just like simple English sentences that <laughs> like, you could say. Like, if this is not what you ordered, it's it has like other, uh, mostly like allergenic stuff in it that you would not eat, and you request a refund and all that stuff. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. But but anyways. Uh, well, you're you're going to say something though.
1: Yes, I was going to say, you know, when it comes to food complaints, like what you mentioned, that was a tutorial kind of teaching you how to make that complaint at a restaurant level. Uh, you know, I think broadly it can be divided into kind of Making complaints at a food service establishment mm-hmm. like Chipotle, which you have done before. <laughs> or, <laughs> yes, Vended did to some workers at Chipotle because they were not wearing oh, gloves. I
0: got to go back to that Chipotle someday <laughs> just to like yes, check on them Chipotle
1: <laughs> At the U of M campus on Washington Avenue. Yes. <laughs> But there's also complaints in the sense of, you know, consumer packaged goods, right? Yes. And when when it comes to complaints, I like to think of it as two types of, or there can be a couple, you know, types of complaints. It can be about food safety and spoilage, which is kind of what I experience with the spam, mm-hmm. but it can also be with food quality, right? Yeah. In terms of the product is not up to par, the color is off, it is a little rancid. No, still safe to consume, but just not mm-hmm. at the right quality that consumers typically, you know, observe. Uh, or even there's cross-allergen contamination and just many, many different types of complaints.
0: Right. And, and there's something even maybe a little bit above that, which is what you mentioned for the first type of, uh, well, for the second type of the uh, quality standpoints, right? So you could have mm-hmm. things that are mislabeled, uh, for example, yes. like a mislabel of an allergy, yeah, and some some other information uh, that are well, origins are probably the most important ones. But then there are also some products are claimed all natural or they're made from certain flavors, uh, but they are end up are not or mixing some mm-hmm. of the flavor lines. Uh, so Absolutely. so those are one type. But then the other type are like really the quality issues, which are like a. Mm-hmm could be like early indicators for spoilage like depending on the the food product
1: absolutely Uh and that's that's you know that's a really interesting point you brought up which is a lot of complaints is because what is on the label does not match what is actually in the food Mm -hmm. right mislabeling and that that really accounts for a huge proportion when it comes to uh lawsuits that consumers file against uh food companies Mm -hmm. I think labeling is one of the big ones because you know when it comes to food safety and spoilage usually that would be sort of a government versus company type of scenario right where where the whole company will get charged
0: yeah Um, like I still remember cases like really a mismanagement at a at at the um, processing plant or factory level uh you, you were sending auditors and they find find things that are you know appropriate and they could take it up to the lawsuit level, or
1: right, um, right, yeah. Isn't that what happened with Peanut Corporation, America, Salmonella yeah. case? Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. I think that was a classic one that we always. I don't know, like there must be college. like new ones
0: nowadays that students learn that we just really kind of didn't pay attention to.
1: <laughs> Sorry, say that again. No,
0: like like the PCA example. It's like, like like the example of our generation. Well, like we're not that old in terms of that but like in terms of our class in oh food yeah that was the
1: one case right. that like almost every teacher always talked about which is PCA, PCA Right, but that's already
0: let's say like at least a 10 year old case
1: <laughs> it is yeah I think this was in like 2008 or 2009 nice. so it has been over a decade yeah, there must be I'm newer sure there's now. other like newer cases <laughs> that they're teaching students nowadays that are more recent
0: yeah I, I mean but the consumer complaints are probably more towards, let's say, uh, the, the real quality side. For example, if, if um, your, your case is probably one of the more severe cases, probably most people would make, just make the judgment that they, they will throw, throw away the food. Uh, but Correct. yeah, in case you want to complain, like you can go on to let's say the FDA's website, or uh, if you're in in the EU, you can go to the um, uh, EFSA's website to uh, to file a claim against a company or a specific product. Describe your case, and they will open the case if everything's reasonable and start the investigation.
1: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So I think this is more for packaged goods, right? Mm -hmm. Because that seems to be in FDA's wheelhouse. Um, But like Ben said, they have a hotline on their website, FDA. And this really covers all FDA-regulated products when it comes to complaints, including foods, beverages, dietary supplements, pet foods, etc. So mm-hmm. you know, everything ranging from an allergic reaction or you found a foreign object like a nail yeah,
0: uh,
1: in your Cheetos or a foodborne illness that might have been brought about by something you consumed, they will take care of all of that and it's really good for you to report it to FDA because you know, if they get similar complaints from other people, they can kind of piece together the puzzle and figure out like, what is the root cause of this problem?
0: Yeah, that's true. Anyway, so in retrospect, you should really, cause I feel like this is a larger problem, uh, like what you're seeing Absolutely. From, from, from the spam, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Cause-
1: That's a great idea. I don't know why I didn't think of that. So I am gonna do that right after our recording. Well, so, so
0: let's say, <laughs> So you could do two things, right? So let's backtrack even a yes. little, because um, so so you can make a complaint to the uh, manufacturer, which is what you did, and but you yes. could also do it through uh, the regulatory uh, agencies. Uh, that's like a mm-hmm. different type of complaints that you're making. Uh, so yeah. the first type, I mean, it, it would just be something kind of like a friendly tap on the shoulder, It'd be like. Hey, like I found this is wrong. Just let you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and they often would have these type of disclaimers on the packaging would be like things like if it's uh, bloaty or if the um, if, if like the um, product isn't uh, inflated, for example, um, mm-hmm. like contact the manufacturer uh, do not consume. Uh, yeah, right. So so that's basically like a preventative control of theirs. Uh, of, Absolutely. of um, kind of um, offloading a little bit of uh, the liability and like, I, I don't know I, I've really yeah. not having much experience with it but uh, my expectation or like some of expected things would happen after that would just be they probably issue some kind of apology or exchange your product or whatnot Mm-hmm. And
1: maybe get you like a case of free product, etc. Yeah, et cetera. right.
0: But but the case that there's no real case. You you make a complaint and all you get is basically a sincere sorry and probably just like mm-hmm. exchange of yeah. product. Yeah,
1: I would think that if the company really cares about kind of moving forward from this, that they would have some sort of like corrective measure be it okay we have to look into the manufacturing process are we actually you know raising the temperature high enough is there a problem with the temperature probe Um, or anything like that I would guess it is in their best interest to do so Mm -hmm. but you know complaining to the company doesn't actually mandate that they do anything it is really up to the company's discretion what corrective measures they take right yeah. whereas i'm guessing if you report it to fda and they get enough complaints about this particular product they have probably the legal i guess authority perhaps to um kind of tell the specific manufacturer hey mm-hmm. you need to stop selling this product until you figure out what the heck is going on and
0: it's also possible that um the product's damaged were mishandled at the retail level or uh, you know it could even be at the consumer level uh
1: absolutely right. yeah think about the whole distribution chain mm-hmm. anything could happen in any of those steps right
0: yeah if you um, like uh <laughs> i don't want to ask for details but let's say if yeah if we find like a unknown brand of protein drinks that has sediments, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, has sedimentation and uh you know it I guess you can just like like the manufacturer will be able to just take it and probably well first of all you do a lot of tests before this product goes out right so theoretically Correct, yes. from a from a production standpoint everything goes out should have a very low chance of like
1: product f- failure yeah
0: exactly so mm-hmm. so if it fails it could be that it, it's not on you uh, the manufacturers or, uh, or or the the uh, production folks uh, but you are actually gonna be the people who know it the first. right? If the, if, right. if the consumers make a complaint, like you will know it first. And as the brand owner, you'll start to also do your investigation. Uh, part of it is, as you said, go back to the processing line and go back to the uh, R&;D site. But probably mm-hmm. part of it is also to work with the uh, uh, the, the distributors and the uh, retailers and figure out what really happened there in terms of that procedure.
1: Right, right? absolutely. When there is an issue, they're going to attack it from all angles mm-hmm. in order to really dig into what actually happened to cause it. Um, so kind of like you mentioned, in the EU, you have EFSA, EFSA. Yeah,
0: European Food Safety um, uh, Authority.
1: Right, to look into it. Um, and I think in the US, you know, FDA covers a lot of the package goods Um, that you would run into but if it's meat and poultry that would kind of be in usda's wheelhouse Mm -hmm. Um, so that that they would take care of that but these these are all packaged foods what if you let's say went to taco bell i'm sorry taco bell i do (laughs) i do like you and baja blast and all of that i don't know why i thought of that example okay let's choose something else because i don't want to bring bad press to taco bell let's say you go to a random diner okay right and you ate like um a chicken fajita sandwich and you went back home and you have horrible diarrhea mm-hmm. like what would your next step be
0: well yeah so so well make sure your health is right right so so you don't you don't get into uh any of the severe health conditions um but you would let's say um First step is probably to see this would we'll go back to the same problem, right? So like you could go two routes, right? So you can go back to that restaurant and ask them what the heck is going on. Uh, but I think probably a, a better way to do is to go to your state or uh, local h- health department uh, or I don't know how CDC works. Um, like probably CDC is probably more of a federal level.
1: Right, oh. I'm wondering if like the local governments and authorities kind of reporting up to CDC, where it kind of all funnels up. So yeah, there you know, let's say there's a Chipotle outbreak across multiple states. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
0: so basically, going back to the procedure, like you could, you should report to, uh, your local uh health department and uh. You know, with the necessary details like uh, where were you eating, like time, uh, you know, items that that you had, and your symptoms. Right. So uh, they could technically do these type of um, of polling and analysis, and probably trace back to. uh, I mean, many times are mishandling uh, or mispreparation at the restaurant. So 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 right. they can investigate and, and start to uh, make corrective actions uh, to that particular mm-hmm. restaurant. Um, but sometimes it's even a larger problem. Let's say it's something wrong in the salad and all yeah. the uh, restaurant do uh, all, all, all like the restaurants uh, would do to a salad is just to open up the package and um, serve with whatever dressing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so then they have to go a step back and go to the distributors or the suppliers of the uh, of the chopped salads and to find out what's wrong there. And then maybe you must step ahead of that and, and thereafter um, to really trace back to the level where um, things are. And so absolutely. Yeah. So like one tiny complaint of yours, uh, well, if there are enough of them, if there's a patent, it could go back a long way and really back to the food chain and see um, really making probably a bigger contribution. That's probably a lot of the food recalls are originated.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, I think so. And I think, you know, what you brought up is an excellent point because I do know some people who if they have had a bad experience at a restaurant with a food or something, yeah, they might think like, oh, I don't want to cause trouble. I don't want to like, you know, bring something up. Like, mm-hmm. like whatever, I'll just get over it. But, you know, if you think about it, if someone who's immunocompromised or someone who's pregnant or someone who's a elderly person or a kid eat that same food, mm-hmm. they might have a much more severe reaction, which can lead to death. Yeah. You know, there are cases of little kids eating undercooked hamburger patties who have passed away from... You know, E. Mm-hmm. coli infested patties, and it it might not kill a healthy thirty year old guy, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, Absolutely. so so all of this kind of not just you know complaining to the restaurants, but taking it up to your local or state health department so that it can aggregate up up the chain to CDC and you know if it's a like Ben said if it's an issue with the raw ingredient itself like lettuce that wasn't harvested right or wasn't washed properly um, at the very offset then that has like huge ramifications because essentially like every restaurant that uses that lettuce could be at risk.
0: I really I feel like you know COVID or going through a pandemic it's probably a good thing for future <laughs> I, I mean covid really it's an absolute disaster um but but yes. there might be some you you know um i don't want to after like after the silver
1: effects. lining of right, of right,
0: it, right 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 so, right
1: might be the cleanliness and germaphobics that people have
0: yeah and at the same time also how you can technically um d- well people are more cautious about reporting, and, and, and about uh, uh, uh transmissions, right, overall about transmissions and, and how, you know, you getting sick might also mean like others could get sick, and mm-hmm. you going through it doesn't necessarily mean that others would be able to go through it. So,
1: right, so I right. think
0: if the channels right, and, and the evidence are clear, um you, you know, that could be really a good thing in the future for
1: Mm-hmm. Preventing, Yeah, just thinking artwork. about it in a sense of like people understanding how interlinked humans are mm-hmm. in this kind of globalizing world where, you know, like let's say before COVID, someone might just come home and start making food for their family without thinking to wash their hands.
0: Yeah, if they're um, in a rush or something. You know,
1: now people, right, if people are more conscious about these type of stuff. Uh, nowadays, I think that that we could see, you know, a behavioral change absolutely at the consumer level, at the household level, yeah, in terms of how people approach kind of food preparation. Mm-hmm. Um.
0: Absolutely, and I think that's really something. First of all, it's it's a little difficult, right? Because you you consume a lot of different foods and you really don't quite know sometimes like what would get you sick. And many mm-hmm. of these uh, foodborne illness were, were underreported for this reason, right? Because you can't trace back to a single item or a few, exactly. few occasions. Like
1: you got sick tonight, but is it from lunch? Yeah. Is it from dinner? Is it from breakfast? Or is it from the day before?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah. you add at four different spots. So what was the cost, right? Totally. It's really hard to say.
0: Yeah. But, but I mean, if you know, there there's really um, like it's almost like a responsibility to do that. And um, some of the funny ones, or uh, well, not funny ones, but yeah. but interesting studies were they were trying to pull um, Twitter data uh, because Twitter also has like a <gasps> geographic info, like a location standpoint. Yeah. Uh, Geo
1: tagging. Yeah. yeah. So so
0: they were they were mining uh, these tweets uh and found that uh some can trace back to some uh, uh, uh outbreaks or or some of the these type of foodborne um illness it's simply because people it's it's a lot of easier to complain on on twitter
1: absolutely right. like twitter 140 characters go yeah. like maybe you complain to fda like first of all <laughs> you have to look it up like how do i even do right. this right, right. So they're definitely and first here right Right. Actually, I wrote a blog post about this a long time ago, back when I was, you know, still reading, uh, writing for Science Meets Food. Okay. But kind of how people have been using, big data is such a overly used word, but kind of using data on the internet that is already there in order to see like what are the groups of foodborne illnesses um, that are happening, and a lot of times, you know, if you look at Twitter data, it actually like helps you identify these problems a lot faster Mm -hmm. than waiting for everything to kind of come up through the different state and health authority departments to CDC. Right. You know, it's a lot faster. So
0: certainly, I mean, do get your voice heard, um, at least to say it out loud in some platforms. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So don't be shy, yeah. you know, about saying these things. Be like Ben. If I... <laughs> you don't like the fact that your Chipotle service workers are not wearing gloves, don't be shy oh, yeah. about politely you, reminding them also or asking my... to speak to a manager <laughs> like Ben did.
0: <laughs> hey, You also joined my league.
1: Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah I did. You know, you, I, I <laughs> oh, think Reddit that's passage.
0: It's the right thing to do. It, it might seem extra to someone uh, to, 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 to like... Ah, uh, people may not under may may not be aware of the whole issue, um. But but I mean, if everybody does its part, I think it really contributes to a better and safer food supply chain overall.
1: Absolutely, you could be saving people's lives. Yeah. I know that sounds really far fetched, but you literally could be saving people's lives. Yes. So I think we talk quite a bit about like different types of complaints, process for filing complaints, etc. But, you know, sometimes it kind of goes even further beyond where a complaint becomes a lawsuit. Mm -hmm. And some people are trying to also, you know, seek compensation for injuries or, um, you know, kind of negative effects that they have suffered because of some products yeah Uh, i think there's a really really popular one that is i feel like everybody well not everybody it is so widely talked about um but you know nowadays if you get a cup of coffee at maybe mcdonald's or even other places it would come with a label that says, caution, contents, hot. Yeah. Now, I think some people might think that, like, that is so obvious. Um, that's obvious, obvious right? Why Right, uh, like, if you have a cup that is sort of a paper cup or a foam cup, usually people would assume like that's a hot drink, whereas if it's a plastic container, it's probably some, some, some sort of cold drink, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think similar to many, many things in the U.S., Sometimes you see warnings that seem really obvious to you and you're like, why would people put that? Is it just to cover their ass in case of, you know, people trying to sue them? Well,
0: that's exactly that's happens. exactly what happened right. here. Uh-huh.
1: And at first, I think when you listen to this story, you might think that it's a little bit ridiculous. But then I think it makes more sense if you dig a little deeper into it. So do you want to talk about it? Should I talk about it?
0: Okay, why don't you tell the story? I didn't know. I didn't know the entire. I I, I can, but it's not probably not as coherent as okay.
1: yours. sure, absolutely. So, um, I'll kind of give a short version of what happened. But, um, sometime during the year nineteen ninety four, there was a lady by the name of Stella Liebeck. She went to McDonald's with her grandson, and she got um a cup of coffee a cup of hot coffee, which came in a foam cup, right? Mm-hmm. So she she held the foam cup between her knees and it spilt into her lap. And it was pretty severe. She had third degree burns. She required skin grass on her thighs and groin. Um so it was it was pretty nasty. Mm-hmm. So um, she actually filed a claim with McDonald's for about $20,000 in order to settle her medical debt, but McDonald's only countered with an $800 offer. So she was like, ah, I'm going to court. Right. Like, that's unacceptable. Right. And... Um, so what they, they kind of looked into this whole issue and they realized that, you know, Stella is not the first person to experience this, Mm -hmm. right? Like during the trial, they found out that over 700 people, including children, have been burned by McDonald's coffee in a decade before her accident. And McDonald knew about this all along, like Mm -hmm. throughout this entire fact. So they can't play innocent, right? Yeah. Um, but... You know, apparently the coffee that was served in those cups were 180 degrees Fahrenheit, which is, I think, about 82 Celsius. And, um, you know, for reference, even 150 degree water can burn you within seconds. So this is, you know, this is pretty hot. It's much hotter than what you would typically drink your coffee at. And I, I believe the reason that McDonald's kept their coffee so hot is that I think you know the shelf life could be a little bit longer, so they don't mm-hmm. have to rebrew their coffee, like you know, in in, in that like just from a cost standpoint, it worked out better for McDonald's. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, um, the lawsuit proceeded, and eventually, Stella Liebeck ended up getting almost three million dollars um, mm-hmm. through the lawsuit, and then I yeah. think subsequently McDonald's, but also many other large corporations or food service establishments, uh, whenever they serve these hot drinks, it would be labeled as "caution, contents hot." Um, you warn people about the burn burn risk, essentially, of your product.
0: Yeah, so that's you know that's what happened, and I think many people have probably heard of at least part of the story, where, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that's where that's where the caution uh, came from. And and yeah. so, I mean, we're not trying to, like, encourage people to to necessarily do that. Um, but really, that's, that's like a result of what we actually went through with, you know, other food complaints, right, it is potentially will you do Uh, this is not necessarily for to get a big money from uh, from the corporation, but it's Mm -hmm. it's to uh, to be the one to speak out. And actually, you know, there are similar cases and um, there could be uh, better consequences uh, after uh, you speak up.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, she was only trying to get enough money to cover her medical debt. Mm -hmm. But then I think it just like just opened up a can of worms where McDonald's kind of knew that People were getting hurt from their products all along. Yeah, like, that's bad. Hundreds of people were getting hurt. That's pretty bad, uh-huh. right? I think like when people first hear this story, they think like, ah, oh, Americans love to sue people. Like, right. why is there another like legal lawsuit again? Yeah. But I, I think if you really look into the incidents of the, I mean the details of the incident, mm-hmm. then it kind of makes sense. And I think this is an example of one consumer complaint taken to the lawsuit level that really changed the fabric and landscape of how. Kind of beverage um, companies, you know their their practices. Essentially, their practices got better because of one complaint. Yeah, right. You can say that. Which turned into a lawsuit. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and you know, similar to the McDonald's incident, the McDonald's incident was filed by one person against a corporation. Uh Uh, What you would typically see in the U.S., at least, is a lot of class action suits. Which is when a group of people with similar injuries yeah. caused by the same product, they decide to file together a lawsuit against the defendant or the company whose products caused them injury. Mm-hmm. And because of kind of, you know, as a one person, a single person, it, it's not a whole lot of swaying power. But if you have a group of people, it makes a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. Um and typically, you know, I don't know how this goes in other countries, but a lot of the class action suits that are filed in the food industry, a lot of it is in regards to labeling.
0: Yeah. Like a yes. surprising amount. So so it, these are these class actions are, let's say, like doesn't necessarily have to be a, a group of people who get burnt from drinking coffee. It could also right. be like some consumer groups that are representing... Mm-hmm. Let's say a veganism—I um, don't know—activist group, or or something yeah. uh, similar to those, to uh, who people who share the same t- type of interest uh, to file uh, lawsuits and complaints to uh, against mm-hmm. one or certain companies.
1: Right, right. So maybe they thought that they were purchasing vegan chicken nuggets and they found out that actually there is egg protein in this, even though it wasn't labeled. Mm -hmm. So they might file a lawsuit jointly or, you know, I mean, if you look at the um, kind of information behind this in 2020, there were over 200 class actions that were filed Mm -hmm. for food and consumer packaged goods a whole kind of 58 cases were all about vanilla flavor, which is wow. really surprising to me. <laughs> this is all about vanilla wow. flavor. You know, something. So basically a product that is labeled to have been flavored with vanilla cannot derive any of its flavor from other sources besides hmm. pure vanilla or vanilla extract. right? I don't even know how they got to the point where like they figured out where the, where the, the vanilla is product from? flavoring yeah exactly I, I have no idea how they did that but consumers can be powerful wow. so um That's you know, really interesting. a lot of it is related to labeling you know if you label something as natural or nothing artificial like those terms are not very well defined mm-hmm. even with with fda so like if you're a smart food company you would just choose not to use those you know, labels in the first place because it could put you in a legal bind even though it is really good marketing terminology.
0: Yeah. Well, it depends on the overall vision and mission of the company, right? Where they stand mm-hmm. in terms of um, advertisements and marketing overall.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: So that's um so that's that's one thing. So so I guess kind of to sum it up, right, you you have different type of scenarios um, that I think could be divided by the consequences, right? So mm-hmm. so certain things are more of a, misinfor- a, a spreading misinformation, like the class actions right. uh, about vanilla overall. Um, but mm-hmm. the others, uh, for example, the McDonald case, or um, let, let's say some of them, um, or... Having diarrhea from a certain restaurant uh, could ha- could lead to larger consequences of kind of the price of being silent. Or I don't know how like you, you would put it in. Right. Right, so.
1: right, some things that, you know, if you let it slip, probably not a whole ton is going to happen. Mm-hmm. But some things if you let it slip, you really don't know, it could blow out to be something huge and affect a lot of people's lives. Right. And right? the key
0: is effect or consequences to others. Right, that's, that's something that probably food complaints are, um, you know, why we make food complaints is partially for ourselves, but also we could also evaluate it. Based.
1: To prevent future incidents from happening because it's yeah. already happened to yourself.
0: Exactly. Right, yeah. you
1: already experienced it. Uh-huh. So by complaining, like, you, you know, you, you could help yourself potentially, mm-hmm. yes, but I think more than that, it is helping people in the future who you know could have ended up in your situation as well
0: absolutely so i feel like that's uh, what people should do or we, we encourage you to do so and um that really uh you know keeps everybody safe
1: yes mm-hmm. totally so as a follow-up to this I will be going on FDA's website slash hotline to put in my official complaint about the can of moldy spam that I received okay
0: cool yeah I mean let us uh, let us know we will um, we'll probably do some follow-ups uh, maybe this could just be a segment in uh, in our podcast uh, at mm-hmm. least you will get uh, I I mean I expect you to get a response at least from the FDA
1: oh yeah uh-huh. like if they like, even if they don't look into it fully, I feel like they would at least say something. Okay,
0: cool. Yeah. Or
1: like, we have, you know, duly noted, we have received your complaint. Yeah. I feel like they would at least say that, yes. which the company has not said to me at all. Okay,
0: cool. So uh, you'll just share your experience along.
1: Yeah, yeah. Cool. I will let us know. Mm-hmm. All right.
0: Uh, All right. So it's been an episode. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. And uh, you can contact us at f H podcast at gmail.com uh, you can uh, listen to us on all podcast platforms uh, if you enjoy our content you can give us a 5 star uh, uh, much appreciated and um, we'll see you next time
1: alright till next time
0: Bye-bye. bye bye